Hello everyone, it's Kat again, and welcome back to So Below, Healing Trauma with Respect to Our Duality. Today I want to discuss relationship dynamics and how they change when we heal and how we can start setting new boundaries in old existing relationships as well as setting firm boundaries for new relationships to come. Um, Healing involves a lot of deprogramming, which is the process of recognizing our trauma responses and figuring out how we can change our behavior so that we are no longer working out of fear or working from a place of our trauma, but we're actually coming from a place of setting firm boundaries and saying, hey, I actually know what I'm worth now and I know what I want from life. And this process is going to weed out a lot of people from your life. It's a necessary, very uncomfortable, kind of painful process. Um, But when people are no longer benefiting from your trauma responses, they're just going to bounce because they don't have a lot to give you. And they were just enjoying the benefits of what you were giving. Um, And that's the first thing that you have to, to pay attention to is the people that don't react well to new boundaries. They're just the people that aren't going to be worth uh, continuing to keep in your life. Um, But for the people you do want to keep in your life, you don't want to start off the changing process by putting people on guard and making them defensive and saying, you know what, you've been treating me this way for so long, I'm not going to do it this way anymore. And, And, you know, there's a tactful way to do it. And that's kind of what I want to get into today is ways that we can tactfully and kindly and compassionately change relationships with the people that we have. And that way we know that as as long as we are putting our best foot forward and setting new boundaries from a place of kindness and understanding and respect, we know that if anybody responds back with anything less, they're just not a respectful person and they're worth they're not worth your time anymore. So it's beneficial for you to cut them out anyways. It's a good way to weed the right people out. And that's the goal with healing is to have healthy relationships in every aspect of your life so that you can actually have a full and fulfilling life. And you can't really do that if you have negative things dragging you down all the time. And you can't do that if you have people in your life that are just taking advantage of you. So um, that's kind of where I really want to go with this episode today. And the first thing I want to talk about is respecting your energy levels and respecting your capabilities in the moment. I'm definitely a people pleaser. I'm somebody that likes to be superwoman. I like to do everything and I like to have my shit together. I like to be able to be the one that's there for everyone and help everyone all the time while never asking for anything or even being able to accept anything in return. I was really bad. I still am really bad at accepting help. I don't like accepting help. It feels like charity and it makes me feel like my ego is busted. And I don't like that. Nobody likes their ego being down. People like to have their ego stroked. That's how we work. We're human. But when we overextend ourselves, we're disrespecting our healing process because we're telling our body that we don't deserve rest. We don't deserve to recuperate and to heal because no matter what, we just have to get shit done. And even more than that, the way our conscious and subconscious work, every time we deny help and every time we push help away or every time we just take it on ourselves and don't ask for help, we're telling ourselves we're unworthy of help. And we're unworthy of concern from other people. And these feelings and insecurities lead to a deep psychic imbalance. I've recently been reading in the book Meditations on the Tarot. um, And I got to the chapter about the chariot card, which is the card about mastery of self and craft. And in this card, he or in this chapter, he heavily references the work of Carl Jung, 
who was one of the forefathers of modern psychology. He worked with Sigmund Freud on the theories of the id, ego, and superego. Um, and he did extensive work on the, the issue of conscious versus subconscious um, and unconscious. And he, in his book, Conscious, Unconscious, and Individuation, he said, the conscious and unconscious do not make a whole when one of them is suppressed and injured by the other. I love that he uses the phrase injured because trauma is an injury. It is a physical thing that happens to your brain. It is something that changes you completely. But injuring yourself more by creating this imbalance, by taking away your own worth continually, you're injuring yourself, your subconscious, and your, your conscious is the one that's doing it. You're doing it to yourself. And so making sure that you're taking the time to, to listen to your intuition and actually take uh, time to say, hey, I need this, and asking for it, and vocalizing that, and taking up space in your own space is necessary to create the kind of balance that you need to heal. What this can look like in changing a dynamic in a relationship is saying, I'm noticing that when I overcommit, I later regret it. I am at capacity and I won't be able to help as planned. Being able to say, I actually am at my limit. I would love to do this, but I can't, is a way of self-love for one thing. It's a proclamation to yourself that you are not going to do more than you can are capable of and that you're not going to continue to give more than you have. That also draws a line in the sand saying, if you ask any more of me, it will be selfish because I am done. I've reached my limit. You're respecting yourself. You're respecting your boundaries and you're giving them an opportunity to respect them as well. And if they can't do that, their response is going to be very telling to you about how the relationship is going to continue. If somebody starts pushing and, and pushing and going back on your boundaries, it's important to hold firm. Be polite the first couple of times. After that, it's not necessary to be polite. You can tell someone to fuck right off. That is a-okay. You can tell someone that they can just go to hell. You do not owe anybody your time beyond that. And if you set a boundary and say, hey, I do not have any more to give. And they say, but I still need it. Then you can say, you can find it somewhere else. Because fuck that shit. Stop allowing abusers and manipulators and users into your life. When you set a clear boundary, I am at my limit and I cannot take any more. The minute somebody tries to take advantage of that, that tells you who they are. It's a way to let somebody let their mask slip. That can also look like saying, I am more than happy to help you, but I need more notice. I need advanced planning and I need this and this and this to make that possible. Setting limitations to the way you help people and the amount of help you give them and the amount of help that you expect them to give themselves is another way to respect your boundaries and be present in who you are. It's important to, to know what you need and listen to who you are. That's what we've done a lot of talking about, that introspection, that time to listen to your intuition and figure out who you are. That work will benefit you in setting these types of boundaries, saying, yeah, I'm willing to do this part, but you're going to have to do this part. Expecting people to spe step up for themselves is not selfish because you're expected to step up for yourself every single day. And if you would expect it from yourself, it's not wrong to expect it from another person. And saying, yes, I'm willing to help you under these circumstances, that's not selfish. That's power. Plain and simple, that's power. And taking power back. It is reclaiming the power that your trauma took from you. 
And I've said that before that you can't expect you from other people. So just because I did say, just because you would step up for yourself there, it's not wrong to ask somebody else to step up for themselves there. You don't have to give you to everybody all the time. You can meet them where they meet you. You can meet them where you have capacity. Some days you're going to have 80, some days you're going to have 20. And it's important to respect that. And anybody who is in your life and who loves you and respects you and is worthy of your time is going to respect those boundaries too. It's okay to set limitations to the help that you give other people. Saying, I don't have time for this. I don't have capacity for this right now. Even if it means that person's going to fail because they can't complete the task they're supposed to. Even if it means it's gonna, the other person isn't going to have what they need. It's not your responsibility to fill other people's needs if they didn't give you, A, the, the proper advance notice, or if they didn't do enough to help themselves. If you would have been able to do it for yourself and they don't do it for themselves, for themselves, that's on them. That's not on you at this point. And it's important to remember that we aren't responsible for other people's failures or successes. We're only responsible for ourselves. And only giving where we can, that's sometimes the best you can do. And doing your best is all that you can really ask of yourself. That's all anybody can ask of you. And if anyone gets mad at you or, or frustrated at you because they failed when you couldn't step up and give them more, when you told them quite clearly and set a very clear boundary, I don't have any more than this, that's on them. And their reaction will tell you everything you need to know. And at first, it can be painful to see the way people react and the way that people fall away because they aren't getting the same amount of help from you or they can't benefit from you the way that they did before. But as you get deeper into the process, the easier it gets to the point where it's more entertaining. And honestly, it's a fulfilling process to weed the people out that don't matter. Because the whole point of a healing journey is to build the life that you want. And the life that you want is going to be full of people that you trust and full of people that you can count on and full of people that you respect and that respect you and they respect your limitations and you respect theirs. And you all love each other for who you are. You become more of a passive observer. Things are happening around you, not to you. You become less reactive to things and calmer and it becomes so much easier when you no longer have the turmoil of people taking advantage of you. I'll never forget after uh, I left my ex-husband, and sorry for the call out here if, you ever, if you're listening, but I mean, it was a long time ago, so whatever, I'm over it. Um, but a few months after I, I left, he called me and was giving me the speech about why we should get back together. And I just sat there and I listened to him for about 45 minutes of him telling me about all the things that I did for him that he now has to do for himself. And I just kind of listened. And at the end, I was like, you know, not one of those things actually had anything to do with me as a person. It was just all shit you don't like doing anymore. And that was a good wake up call for me to realize that sometimes you put so much effort into something that you lose yourself and you lose who you're supposed to be because you're lost in your tasks and you're lost in the fucks that you're giving away. Um, I really want to reference the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight. She does an incredible job of illustrating ways to tactfully set new boundaries with people. And um, honestly, she was a big help to me. But that's why it's so important to prioritize 
our energy levels and prioritize respecting our bodies and respecting where we're at in our capacity, especially when we're healing. You're already in fight, flight, or freeze, or fawn, whatever, all the time. You are already on overdrive. Your brain is in a fucking cocktail of hormones and adrenaline and all kinds of fucked up shit because of your PTSD. You're allowed to rest and listening to your body and respecting the things that you've been through and respecting yourself and giving yourself the space and capacity to put up those boundaries and say, hey, I'm done. I'm not going to give any more today because I'm going to focus on me. That's how you heal is you rest. Anytime you get sick, if you get the flu, what do you do? You drink soup and you go to bed. You have to allow your body the time to heal. Your brain needs that too. And your brain can heal. It shows, there's proof that shows that our brains heal. Neuropathways regenerate and we make new neuropathways and we grow and become better people when we heal. And that's because we allowed ourselves the time to rest. It's necessary to allow yourself the opportunity and the space to only do things at your limitation. If you have a surgery and on your knee, you're not going to go run a marathon the next week. You're going to take time and you're going to build the strength up slowly. That's what you're supposed to do with, with healing. And if you're going to allow it for your body, you have to allow it for your mind too, because your mind is a part of your body. And it's an important part. It's the most important part. It's the part that controls everything else. But it's also the thing that we neglect the most because we think we're fine. And we tell everyone we're fine because we're functioning. That mentality is an unfortunate side effect of a society that values productivity over happiness. But that's because society focuses on the fact that productivity makes you happy. But it's actually the other way around. Happiness makes you productive. When I'm happy, I do a whole hell of a lot more. I accomplish a lot more. When I'm sad, I can barely function. But when I am doing well, when I am on top of my game, I can get so much shit done. Productivity is the result of happiness. And unfortunately, we focus on produce, 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 and then you'll be happy. When really the reality of it all comes down to find your happiness and then you'll be productive. And so that's why setting boundaries that respect your levels of energy and that respect your limitations is so important because that rest will allow you the time to heal, which will allow you to become happy, which will allow you to be more productive, which will allow you to do more. Setting those boundaries now and taking away from what you're doing now is a way to allow yourself to do more later. That means getting comfortable with the word no. No is a really hard word, especially when you have ingrained trauma in you. Telling somebody no, especially when you feel like it's going to result in them being angry, is a terrifying thing for somebody who's experienced trauma. But when you've gotten to a point where you're healing and you know that you've gotten to a safe space and you're trying to save whatever relationships you have around you, it's important that you're able to say no. The minute you don't feel safe saying no, that's when it's time to reevaluate the relationship entirely and say, is it even worth my time anymore? Because if you can't tell somebody no when you're at your limit, if you can't stop somebody in their tracks and say, I'm not willing to do this anymore, and if you, or if you can't say, I don't want to do that at all, or I never want to do that, if you don't feel comfortable saying no to a partner, to a family member, to a friend, and if you feel unsafe in that situation, that is an abusive situation. That's a manipulative situation. 
you should not be having any kind of relationship with somebody that you can't respectfully tell no. No is an uncomfortable thing when you've experienced trauma, but no is a powerful word. Words are powerful. There's a reason it's called spelling, and there is a magic in the word no. It draws a line in the sand. It sets a boundary. It puts up a wall of protection that says, I have reached my limit. And if somebody can't respect your limitations, they don't belong in your life. It's a hard pill to swallow at first, but then cutting people off gets easy. Soon you have a very tiny circle, but you know for a fact that everyone in your circle actually has your back. Also, you know that anyone else that comes into your life isn't going to be able to to disrespect you anymore because if you were able to set those boundaries with people you already knew, if you were able to set new boundaries and change those relationships, imagine what it's going to do for somebody you've never met before. You're going to be able to set every boundary from the beginning and they're just going to know how to treat you because again, what we allow from others is how we teach them how to treat us. And so when we have learned to reestablish those boundaries with our old relationships, the new relationships are going to be so much easier because you already have those healthy limitations in your life and you're already setting those healthy boundaries with other people that you already knew. That's the scary part. Setting boundaries with old relationships, that's the scary part. That's the hard part. And once you've done that, Setting a new boundary with a new relationship is so much easier from there because you've already established, I'm not going to put up with this. And the minute they do it, you can say hard pass from here. And if they don't do that, if they don't step up and, and accept the limitations that you're putting on the relationship, then it's not even worth investing your time into anymore. It's such a time saver to realize where your boundaries are. Respecting who you are and respecting your limitations is such a necessary part of healing because it's going to give you control and power of your life. And it's going to make it so that nobody is ever going to be able to come in and take advantage of that situation ever again. It's an unhealthy relationship dynamic to have one person have an upper hand on the other person. A true relationship based on equality and partnership is one that respects each other's boundaries and where each person has an equal voice. But as a trauma survivor, it's hard to remember that our voice is valid. It's hard to remember that our voice is even there sometimes because we silenced it for so long or because we, you know, did everything we could to keep the peace and we ignored our own voices and our own needs. But like I said, as you start healing, you have to start recognizing where your voice needs to be spoken and where it needs to to come out. That's your responsibility in your healing process is to find where your voice is necessary and speak up and say, I can't do this. I don't have the capacity for this. I'm sorry I can't help you, but you have to be able to put those limitations there because another person doesn't know when you're at your limit if you don't say anything. And there are some people that will just keep taking as long as you're giving. And then there are those that will never have any idea that you're struggling And they won't know to ask you if you're at your end. And they won't know that you're reaching your limitation. And they just know what they've always expected from the relationship because that's the boundary you've set in the past. That's how you've taught them to treat you. And it's not necessarily unfair of them to continue to expect the same thing that they've always expected because that's human nature. It's a pattern. It's comfort. And so it's necessary for us to remember always that our voice is valid that we matter, 
that we're worthy of the effort of setting a firm boundary. And the other person in the relationship is worthy of the respect of knowing when you're at your limit. We disrespect the other person in our relationship when we don't give them the opportunity to step up for us. If we say, hey, I'm at my limit, you never know. They might say, hey, where can I help you? If we don't allow ourselves to have a village, how can we ever expect ourselves to have a village? Not to mention when we're at our limit and our energy levels are down, our emotions are in control. Our brain steps down and our emotions take over and it's harder for us to control the reactions that we have to situations. You're more likely to have a volatile situation break out when you're at your wit's end and somebody else is at their wit's end. When there's resentment, when there's anger and negative emotions in the background lingering, that is disrespectful to the relationship because each person should have an opportunity to know when the other person is having feelings of aggravation or frustration towards them. Each person should have an opportunity to fix the problem if there's a problem. If you want to have a healthy relationship, each person has to be aware of the things happening around them because perception is everything. What one person is seeing from the relationship can be completely different from what the other person is seeing. You might be seeing it as, oh, I do this, 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 and this for you, and you never do anything for me. And the other person might be seeing it as, oh my gosh, I can't believe how wonderful this person is. They do so much for me, and I wish there was more I could do for them. But they have no idea that you're feeling so neglected and left out because you never told them what you needed. You never vocalized what you needed. Not everybody knows how to ask you what you need. So vocalizing your needs to other people is an important way of setting a boundary. It's an important way of setting a healthy relationship standard. Um, And so remembering that your voice is valid and it's necessary for, uh, for a respectful relationship, not just for you, but for the other person. You disrespect yourself and you disrespect other people when you ignore your feelings and when you put your feelings on the back burner. And so that's why I kind of wanted to focus this episode mostly on paying attention to where your limitations are and learning to say, I can't do this this way anymore and setting new boundaries and and allowing yourself to put limitations where you need them. Um, Because it's the most respectful thing to do for yourself. And it's the quickest way to heal. Because as soon as you weed out all the extra things in your life that you don't really have to do, but you're doing out of senses of obligation and duty, you're going to free up a lot of time and experience for yourself and a lot of opportunity for you to get to know yourself better and put yourself in a better situation so that once you're healed, you'll have more capacity to do more for other people. So you don't have to take away all of your help from other people all the time. And you don't have to just decide that suddenly you're not going to do anything for anybody else anymore. That's not how the healing journey should work. Healing should work in a way that you're saying, I'm going to put limitations here now so that later on when I'm doing better, I can do more, but still at my limit. So my challenge today is for those who are out out there who are experiencing burnout because of lack of boundaries. And I want you to go through and examine where you're giving away all of your energy, examine your fuck budget and decide where it is that you can cut out some of the things that aren't serving you anymore and decide where you're going to put your energy to better serve your healing process. And if you can do that, I promise that the way your relationships will progress and grow from there will be so much happier and so much healthier. 
I'm just hold strong to your boundaries and remember who you are. You're awesome.